Celebrating 30 years on Utah's airwaves, Western Life Radio thanks you for joining us around the campfire and for your ongoing support to Utah's longest running home, garden, travel, and outdoor adventure program. You can always join us on our online campsite at westernliferadio.com. No matter what's bugging you this summer in your garden, the USU Extension Service Integrated Pest Management Program can help you find solutions. From free fact sheets and books to seminars and updated pest advisories, this website will point you in the right direction. To find these and other free resources, stop at extension.usu.edu forward slash pests. Did you know that Utah's off-highway vehicle and personal watercraft youth education programs required by law are now online at www.stateparks.utah.gov? All youth must carry this certification while operating on Utah's waters or public lands. PWC education is required for youth aged 12 to 17. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from day to purchase. In addition, Utah Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. Faster Utah empowers teachers, administrators, and other school staff to defend themselves in case of a school shooting. We teach advanced firearms and trauma first aid skills. Graduates of the Faster program pass the same post-qualification shoot as Utah law enforcement. For more information and find out how you can help, go to FasterUtah.org. Connect with the world through Rise Broadband and stay in touch with all things important to you and your family. Known as the number one fixed wireless internet provider in the United States, Rise Broadband will keep you connected with work, school, shopping, and entertainment. Whether you live in a suburban or rural area, Rise helps keep you and your family connected with the people and things that you value most. Rise Broadband offers flexible packages designed to meet your budget so you can enjoy all your favorite music and movies with fast, reliable, in-home Wi-Fi. Stream your favorite shows, play the hottest games without buffering, and stay in touch with family and friends on Skype. Get more for less with Rise Broadband. To check availability in your area, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. Put on your helmet. Let's go. But, Mom, 
When will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. Summer has officially begun and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse, take it outside. Play safe, play sober. BUI is boating under the influence. It is illegal to operate a motorboat while under the influence of alcohol. And in Utah, BUI penalties are the same as DUI. It will cost you money and may cost you your life. Play safe, play sober. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by Utah State Parks Boating Program. joining us once again with Utah State Parks and Recreation and the OHV program. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. Well, you're more than welcome, Brian, and thanks for having me on the show today. Always a pleasure to be a part of this great show, and hopefully the audience that's tuning in today is going to get some awesome information about some exciting things coming up regarding some different types of events that we have scheduled in partnership with different agencies, and then some safety tips along the way, and who knows what else may come onto the trails we venture down our next little while together. I love it. It sounds fantastic. First and foremost, we have significant fire restrictions throughout the state of Utah. We encourage all OHV riders to stay on the trail, keep those hot mufflers away from that tall grass, and be safe. Yes, and in addition to that, it is a requirement in Utah law that each off-highway vehicle, with the exception of a snowmobile, is to have a spark arrestor. So that's a quick way for any person that may say, well, do I have a spark arrestor or not? So they could easily take a pencil or a pen and just insert it in the opening of their muffler. And if it stops approximately halfway through the muffler device from a quarter to halfway through, and it stops, then that means that they do have a spark arrestor. Obviously, you want to make sure that the machine is off and that it's cool before you do this because we don't want to add an additional injury or a mishap. And like you had mentioned too, Brian, 
when you're arriving at a trailhead, if some of that hardened surface is already utilized by others that are parking there, be very, very self-aware of that potential fire situation that could occur if you park on the grass. So you're coming in from a particular location, you got your undercarriage of your tow vehicle is extremely hot. Just be self-aware of that and not drive into tall grass or off those designated parking lot areas as we want to ensure that we're ambassadors of the sport. And secondly, we don't want to have a wildfire take off just because of our own negligence. So pretty darn important points there to consider. Most people should be able to obtain current fire information off the Utah Fire Info website. Exactly. I'd hate to be ground zero of a forest fire. That'd be really bad news. I tell you, coming in from other portions of the state, we've had a lot of smoke blow in here within Utah, across the whole state. We have the number of wildfires. The high percentage of those wildfires here in Utah are human-caused. And so let's do our best and our part to ensure that we don't trigger any additional fires due to our own lack of being responsible. In fact, I'm hearing a lot of the human-caused fires are down a little bit from last year. People are doing the right stuff. They're being extra diligent. They're being extra careful. That's exactly what they should be doing, and we applaud them for taking that on. And I think maybe it's starting to resonate with people as they've been able to get out able to experience our beautiful outdoor recreation opportunities across the state. They've seen how dry the trail systems are. They've seen how dry the hillsides are. The lack of moisture that we've received, not only over the last couple of months, but this previous winter season, which had a direct impact on our grooming operations out of the program. So this is one of those unique things. And the word is getting out seems to be resonating with our customers, and that's vitally important to the health and safety of not only Utah residents, but those visiting from outside and our natural resources in our beloved state. On the flip side, we are starting to see those monsoon flows move north, and when they come, they come in a torrent, and you got to be <laughs> extremely careful when they do come. Yes, and the eye to the sky is a very good rule of thumb. And so if you're in some of these particular rural areas and you're out riding, be very self-aware of your surroundings throughout the day. As these monsoon thunderstorms move in, you may be 30, 50 miles away from a particular downpour, but if you're in an awkward slot canyon area or in some of those low-lying areas, Be very cognizant that that moisture could have an impact upon your further trail operations for motorized use, whether going to a particular location or returning from that. As we have been seeing flooded areas across the state, and so we want to make a point that our riders out there understand that, hey, it can change in a matter of moments and how that dictates And, of course, the rule of thumb, if you're coming up on a stream crossing or a low-lying area on one of our trail systems, try to get out first to ensure that you're able to cross that. If you believe you shouldn't be crossing it, then just wait a little bit. Let some of that moisture go downstream, so to speak, and then cross it at a 90-degree angle. 
little patience goes a long ways. I mean, uh, a lot of times these flash floods come through and they're done within a couple hours. They come and go, and if you see it, just be patient. Find a spot, find some cover, and hold on in the high ground until things settle down. You said it right there. The key word, flash. It's a flash flood, so patience is a virtue. Yes. Keep in mind, though, folks, even though we are seeing some fast water moving through, it does not necessarily change the situation yet. We're going to have to see a lot more storms come through to change those fire conditions. We've been in the deficit for a long time. We've been in the hole for a long time. It's going to take a long time to build back enough water so that those fire restrictions get lifted. Yeah, and we keep our fingers crossed. I'm already coordinating efforts and having meetings and things along those lines. Somebody told me that they really like the way I think, Brian. When it was 105 and 106 degrees in certain locations around the state, I was in different meetings about snowmobile grooming for this upcoming season. So I'm trying to keep a cool head during these hot times. <laughs> I like your style. The thing about it is it's not that far away to snowmobile times, so you're just staying ahead of it like you should. Realistically, and I've mentioned this before, I believe, in some of our previous conversations, is that we do need to try to plan in advance anywhere from four to six months just because of the logistics, making sure that we got equipment rotated in, equipment purchased correctly in order to do the job, and to have those coordination meetings, whether it be with our federal partners, specifically the United States Forest Service, and our other supporting partners like the Utah Snowmobile Association and other clubs around the state. And so it is one of those items that absolutely we have to plan for well in advance. And we have our current trail crew. They're actually out in some of the areas right now beginning to mark certain snowmobile locations throughout the state and maintaining those corridors for our groomed snowmobile trail. I almost feel cooler myself just thinking about it. I'm starting to sense that your temperature is starting to drop a little bit, Brian. <laughs> it's about time, too. I yeah. melt in the sun. <laughs> yeah. But in between, coming up in just a few weeks, there are several other activities for OHV riders. There's some jamborees in the wings here. A lot of fun, a lot of opportunities to discover some of these trails throughout the state of Utah. There are, and as we move past the month of July and start to move towards those fall months, some of the great opportunities are those jamborees, which allow people to get out and explore and experience some of those newer riding areas. And so some of the ones that people out there in the audience may want to be familiar with is the Paiute Trail Jamboree. This is August 11th through 14th, held in Marysville, Utah, and great opportunity to get out and explore some of those awesome trail networks that come out of Marysville and Paiute County. Specifically, it's directed on the Paiute Trail system. It's just a different type of unique setting. It's not the Rocky Mountain Jamboree. This is the Paiute Trail Jamboree. So that's one of those items to take into account. Then down in Panguitch, uh, about a week later, August 17th through the 21st is the Bryce Rally. A great opportunity in a very remote part of Utah there in Garfield County, which is a unique setting in and of itself. And so great, great way to experience those trail systems that resonate in Garfield County and tie into some of the other trail networks around those adjoining counties. 
And we also have the Utah ATV Association. This is their annual Ride for Life rally, which is in partnership with Make-A-Wish Foundation. So one of those great stories, it's one of the oldest jamborees in the state, or rally, if you will, in the state. I believe this is their 36th year of doing this and then making those donations back to Make-A-Wish and supporting those families that are going through difficult times. So just a great example of how the off-highway vehicle community really thrives to be able to come back and wants to be part of the community in general in supporting that. Then you have the Arapine OHV Jamboree, which is in September the 7th through the 11th. San Juan Safari in southeastern Utah, that's September 9th through the 11th. And then a new one a little bit later on in the year, this is a unique one held in November, the 5th and 6th of November, and it's the annual Tickaboo Fall Rally. So just a unique thing where they're going to be having some great writing opportunities with a paleontologist showing up and providing a guided ride to talk about some of the history associated in around the Tickaboo area and then tying into some of the Henry Mountain Trail systems and the Robert Roost Trail system. So just a little bit of diversity that exists out there across the state. There's so many special opportunities to discover Utah. And it's hard to travel all the different trails and know all the history and know all the places that you may want to discover. These really are nice because they're guided rides. It's an opportunity for you to learn firsthand what they're all about and have a lot of fun and meet new friends. Yeah, it's a great way also for those that are new to the sport. We've seen an increase of OHV registrations for Utah residents during the 2020 calendar year, increased by over 7,000 machines. That's about a 5% increase over the 2019 calendar year. And so we do understand and know that there are a lot of new riders coming and enjoying what is available here for them in Utah. And so they're searching for those unique experiences to get out, have a family outing together and meet new friends along the way. Some of those acquaintances may occur even here in Utah or from those visiting from outside of the state of Utah coming and enjoying some of those OHV riding experiences and events that we have. It's kind of exciting to see that type of growth. In fact, during the past year or so, there's been shortages where people had to pre-order their machines and wait quite a while for those machines to be manufactured. It's kind of been an unusual paradigm the last year or so. It has, and in talking with a few different dealerships around the state, they're not seeing much of a let-up when it comes to that meeting that there are a number of machines and manufacturers that they're still on a delay. It has a domino effect, and they're making up a little bit more on lost time, but if a person is able to obtain a machine, good for them. It seems as though in some of those discussions I've had with different dealers around the state, that seems like it's about a three- to five-month wait in order to get a particular type of machine and that is going through a ordering process at that particular dealer. That's amazing to me. So really, if you want to get into the sport and you're looking ahead, you probably ought to be start buying for next year. Maybe it's a good Christmas gift to start shopping for right now. 
And it could very well be that we've tried to do some equipment purchases here and we ourselves in order to replace some of our aging equipment within our division and our off-highway vehicle program. We're finding it right around that three to five month wait after placing the order. Now with all these new riders on the trail, education is key. It's important that all new riders become familiar with the laws, with the rules ensure that we're all safe. A lot of important takeaways there. Number one is if you're under the age of 18, it's mandatory for a helmet to be worn. Now that includes a snowmobile, an off-highway motorcycle, an ATV. Now that does not include a side-by-side or another form of four-wheel drive vehicle like rock crawlers, et cetera. Those particular machines are exempt from that mandatory helmet wear. However, we encourage anyone in any type of off-highway vehicle to always be wearing a helmet. That helmet increases your odds of surviving should something tragic take place. In addition to that, talking about UTVs and other rock crawling devices or sand rails, the majority of those machines come with some type of harness or seatbelt equipment. Once again, take that three seconds to buckle up that seatbelt. Because just like in a passenger vehicle, it's going to assist and increase the odds of you surviving should something tragic take place. A couple other things that we want to remind people to consider is that you let people know where you're going and upon your return. So if you're going to a particular destination, stick to the plan. Let somebody else know what that plan is, where you're going to ride. Share that trip experience or that trip information with a responsible party, whether that be back at your campsite, a relative, friend, neighbor. Share that plan, stick to the plan, and then at the conclusion, once when you get back, let the people know that you made it back. That way, if something does go wrong, and that allows the volunteers from the different search and rescue agencies associated with the sheriff's offices to be able to respond appropriately and in a timely manner. So it's not a requirement. One of those things that we recommend. And then lastly, education, like you had talked about, Brian. Hey, it is a requirement for any youth to operate an off-highway vehicle under the age of 15 on any public trails or designated lands here in Utah. And they can log on our website at ohv.utah.gov. They can go to that website and find the appropriate education courses that meet their child's desires and learning experiences. We have four different types of vendors. Two of them are online, and two of them are hands-on. And so we would encourage the adult or responsible party to find out and locate which is going to be the best delivery method for education of OHE information to their son or daughter. Just keep in mind, parents, that although they may take the course, they may have completed the course, they're then legal, they also learn from you as the parent, as the responsible party, to continue teaching those ethics and help shape their future as a responsible OHV rider, as an ambassador of the sport. 
Yes, and in addition to that, just because they've gone through the education course, they still have to be under direct adult supervision. Even if they've gone through the education course, a person 18 years of age or older has to be within line of sight or 300 yards of that person operating. Because obviously some students are better skilled at operating off-highway vehicles. Some youth are not. And so with the adult supervision there, hopefully what that does is it allows the parent and the child to learn collectively together and also to allow the child and the adult to a degree to be able to ride within their ability to provide them some trail etiquette to remind the youth or their son or daughter to shift their weight as they're going into a turn to keep their head and eyes up as they're going down a trail to making sure that they are well center of gravity on their machine that their knees and elbows are slightly bent in order to absorb the shock of that particular machine. Some of those same rules apply to UTVs. UTVs are not passenger cars. They're still off-highway vehicles. They're still a machine. They still have the capability of tipping over. And so making sure that that balance and that center of gravity is not compromised will allow them to develop some really good riding skills. It's just the same like a motorized vehicle on the highway. You still have that learner's permit. Even though you may have been taking the tests and everything, you still need that adult supervision to help learn those things firsthand. Yes, and practice, 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 practice. And being one with your machine is always vitally important in order to ensure how you're going to be able to ride within your ability. And just a reminder, I know for years and years and years, we've talked about age restrictions. The age restrictions have changed this year. That minimum age isn't there anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, that change took place beginning July 1st of this year. And so there's no longer a minimum age requirement here in Utah. However, the operator needs to be able to reach and control each of the pieces of equipment associated with controlling that machine. So they have to be able to touch that third brake, that foot brake on an ATV. They have to be able to reach and operate all of those controls. They also have to go through an education course, like we discussed. And lastly, they still have to be under direct adult supervision. So we're investing in the parents to know that hey, they're the ones that believe that their child may be able to operate at age six or younger or age seven. It's up to the parent to make that decision on when they believe their child is able to operate that machine along with meeting those three particular requirements. It's been a big change, but you know, think about it. I mean, we've been seeing that change already in wildlife resources on the hunting side. As long as they can safely handle those firearms, they can participate. It's been a neat change, especially for those that may be a little bigger or a little more advanced to be able to handle those at younger ages. It's something that we've seen in the field for a number of years where our rangers will make contact with a family that's camping. They have a six-year-old that may be in a competitive motocross environment. They're obviously skilled. 
they're within eyesight of the campground. They're under adult supervision, 300 yards, but they're not age eight. And at that time, for a number of years, age eight was one of those items that was defensible and still is. And it's probably a good rule of thumb for parents to utilize that as a benchmark. However, like you alluded to, Brian, there's some youth that are a little bit bigger and they're able to control an appropriate-sized machine at age six. Others may be able to appropriately ride an off-highway motorcycle at age four. So I know that may cause some heartburn for some radio listeners out there, but once again, leaving that decision to the parent and believe that the parent knows what's best for their child. And so the state has relaxed that minimum age requirement. In addition to that, there are several other states around the country that also have a relaxed minimum age requirement. Good to know. Following the trend across the country, that makes sense. All right, then, let's take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. When we return, we'll continue our discussion with Mr. Chris Haller with Utah State Parks and Recreation and the Utah OHV program. We'll talk about the appropriate safety gear for the OHV. Stick around. More fun is on the way here on Western Life Radio. your adventure. With 46 state parks and an impressive list of recreational opportunities. Yes, bass fishing at Sand Hall State Park. Visitors might have a hard time choosing what to do each weekend. Woo! surfing at Deer Creek State Park. Choose your adventure. Explore Utah and create memories at Utah State Parks. For campground reservations, ideas for your next adventure, or to purchase an annual pass, stop by stateparks.utah.gov. Warning, bad guys. Utah has school staff members that can shoot as well as law enforcement and save the wounded. FasterUtah.org Summer has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do, and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse. Take it outside. Our region is facing an exceptional drought, and the potential for wildfire is high. And agencies around the state are working together to meet the threat. Wildfire could strike in your community next. Are you prepared? Plan ahead now by remembering, ready, set, go. Be ready by maintaining 100 feet of defensible space around your home. 
and taking steps to harden your home and make it more fire resistant. Be set by having a wildfire action plan and knowing what important items to take with you in the event of an evacuation. And lastly, go. Evacuate early when a wildfire strikes in your area. We're prepared. We're prepared. We're prepared for wildfire. Are you? Explore the universe from one of Utah's dark sky parks. With more than 14 state park destinations to choose from, your family can gaze at the Milky Way, watch the moon rise, or make a wish during a meteor shower. With the right telescope, you can find nearby planets, tour distant galaxies, or capture the heavens with your own deep space photography. Your adventure begins with a camping reservation and a clear view to the darkened skies. Launch your epic nighttime adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. Put on your helmet, let's go. But mom, when will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. No matter what's bugging you this summer in your garden, the USU Extension Service Integrated Pest Management Program can help you find solutions. From free fact sheets and books to seminars and updated pest advisories, this website will point you in the right direction. To find these and other free resources, stop at extension.usu.edu forward slash pests. You know my thing that a day on the lake is all fun and the sun on your bum? Well, you and my friends are incorrect. Today we're going to feel the burn together while Roar gets you ready for a safe day on the lake. Not only do life jackets save your lives, but they make you look amazing. Let's get started. This first routine is an important one. You gotta zip it. Gotta zip it. Gotta click it. Zip it. Click it. Look at you, Terry. Oh yeah, guys, you got it. Fly down the boat. Wave to the boat. Scream for help. What's wrong, Terry? I just I just can't swim good. Oh, that's okay, little buddy. That's what this is for. Oh. Woo! Thanks for my exercise. I think you're ready for a safe day on the lake. Just remember, always wear your life jacket. Now back to Western Life Radio with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Welcome back to Western Life Radio. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff, host of this program. We have Mr. Chris Haller joining us with Utah State Parks and Recreation and the Utah OHV program. Now, with the heat, I know a lot of folks out there like to remove a lot of the layers. You know what I mean? Those protective layers between us and that road rash. Those layers are there for a purpose. And what are some things that we need to keep in mind to protect ourselves while we're riding those OHVs as far as protective clothing? Great, great question. So... Obviously, the ambient air temperature, different elevations, is going to change. Sometimes when you're heading out in the morning, it's cooler in the valley, and upon your return back, quite warm. 
And so we want to remind riders, hey, as you head out, the reason why we encourage operators of off-highway vehicles to wear long pants, long sleeve shirts, over-the-ankle boots, eye protection, gloves, and, of course, a helmet is to ensure some of the road rash scrapes, bruises, insect bites, sunburns, things along those lines that will allow people to have a much better experience should they become involved in an accident. Yeah, those particular items that we're talking about are not going to protect against a break or something along those lines, but abrasion and other similar forms, that will definitely help minimize some of those items because Hey, we know that some trails are overgrown. We know that there's bugs that are out there on the trail. You're in the outdoors. It's to be expected. Some of them bite. You got the sun. So those particular items that we suggest, we know, and we've learned over the years, that they will assist in further causing an injury just through road rash or abrasions or other natural forms when we're taking in a motorized recreational experience. Now, eye protection gets overlooked a lot of times, too, and I know we've had a special guest on in the past specifically talking about eye protection. I think it's one of those that people oftentimes when they're out riding, they're going to wear sunglasses, which is still better than nothing at all. However, we recommend goggles to be worn with the helmet. That minimizes the dust in your eyes. It also reduces the glare of the sun or some of those rays that bounce off as we're going through a particular trail system. We've already talked about flying insects that could get in your eyes or other debris that could come from the trail, the dust. Or in addition to that, the tree limbs or tall grass or things along those lines. So We really recommend goggles to be worn. That helps facilitate that need overall. But once again, some protection is better than none at all. And sometimes that's hard to do sometimes when it's hot like this, you know. The more layers you go, you don't want to be melting necessarily, but that's when you shift your riding opportunities, maybe to the morning or closer to the evening. Yeah, and look at those higher elevations where the temperatures are going to be a little cooler at some of our high areas like over Monroe Mountain area, not so much down in the valleys, looking at the, the north slope of the Uintas, Daggett County area, and tying into some of those cooler temps. The Shoshone Trail System in northern Utah gets you up at the high elevation out of Monte Cristo, out of Randolph, Utah and still provide some really good views and some great trail riding experiences and get you at a higher elevation. When the temperature is 102 or 95 in some of those locations and you're looking at a 15-degree change at some of the higher elevations, 15 degrees can make all the more of an enjoyable experience. You're not kidding. Every degree counts in my book. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> Good point. Another thing that really matters is staying hydrated. If I don't stay hydrated personally, I feel it after a couple hours in the heat. It'll sneak up on you. You may think you're okay for a bit, but at some point you're going to start getting headaches. You're going to start not feeling so well. 
You want to ensure that everybody in your writing group, whether that's family or friends, are carrying more than enough water for themselves because they may have to share that with somebody else, either within their writing group or coming across someone else on the trail. And so a good rule of thumb, we always try to encourage people, if you know you're going to go writing, start to hydrate yourself the day before because then you're just playing catch-up. Literally, by the time you're out there, you start to feel dehydrated. You start to go through some of those early signs and symptoms that you had mentioned, Brian. It's going to be awfully difficult for you to catch up. What we believe is start the day or two before and take in as much liquid as you possibly can that allows your body to stay hydrated, whether that be water, but then there's sports energy drinks that provide some of those electrolytes. Keep plenty and maybe a little extra to share with somebody else with you. Yep. You just never know. I've ridden with a lot of people over the years. and Some people are over-prepared, some people are prepared, and then some people are not prepared. And so we want to help those ones that may not be prepared. Now, another thing that comes with the riding experience is courtesy on the trail. I know since the pandemic, I've noticed on the highways and everywhere else, it seems like people have lost a lot of patience and a lot of courtesy that used to be there. And even before the pandemic, there wasn't a whole lot sometimes. But courtesy on the trail, knowing the right of way, when you see other trail users on the trail, that's another key thing to ensuring that we keep those trails open. Yeah, and along the same lines, taking into account, right on the right side of the trail, that's acceptable. That's probably quite prudent, especially as you're coming up on curves and things along those lines. So stay as far to the right of the trail as you possibly can. Ride within your ability. Maybe slow down. Dump some of that speed before you go into a turn. That way, if you need to make an elusive maneuver, then you're still within your ability to be able to do just that. And so sometimes people are going at a high rate of speed, and then accidents occur because there could be head-ons, there could be this, there could be that. People are shortchanging those corners going into them. And so slow down. Stay within that ability. And then as you're riding along, one of the things that we would encourage, going back to the beginning of our conversation, ride with your headlights on, especially during the day with the high beams. Dust right now is obviously part of a trail experience. However, if you're following too close and you're not allowing yourself some of that distance and safe speed operation, then how are you going to know who's in front of you? And then in addition to that, as oncoming traffic, if you have your headlights on, oncoming traffic will be able to see you as that dust is occurring. And then another thing that you would suggest that people do is if you are riding in a group, let people know as you pass them oncoming traffic. How many more people are in the group? People are very, very good. They do their best to try to get over to the far right side of the trail to allow enough space and distance for people. 
but sometimes they may not know that this group is it 20 machines or is it two and so be respectful and share that and then of course as you come across other trail enthusiasts on our motorized systems you may have some crossovers slow down give them enough room and give them the courtesy and just let them know that hey you're doing your best to be an ambassador of the sport Exactly. I like the way you said that. In years past, you've also said even offer some water if you have some extra water. Take your helmet off. Let them see your face. That way you can connect with them. That's always stood out to me as an ambassador. Being courteous to other folks on the trail like horseback riders or hikers. I've been on both sides of the trail, both on the OHV side and the hiker side of it anyway, and the guys that kick up the dust as they're driving by you or something doesn't leave a good impression on some of those folks out there, unfortunately. No, sometimes it does not. And it's always helpful to slow down a little bit, also to wave. A wave can go a long way with a lot of different people. Yield, obviously, if you're coming in a trail situation and there's another trail that dissects that particular trail, Make sure you yield to the person on the right. Be courteous. And yeah, in these warmer environments, I would also say, hey, check them. Are you doing okay? Do you know where you're going? you need any water? Yeah, my group's up here. Or do you know that this trail ties in? It's okay to carry extra maps. Maybe they need a map so that they know where they need to go, where they should turn around at a point because maybe there's an obstruction in the trail or something along those lines. So we're all seeking opportunities to enjoy our public lands. And I believe the more of us that can be respectful and acknowledge each other allows us to have that positive experience that we're wanting to have when we decide to leave our homes or our campsite for that day and so just be self-aware of that that we're all wanting to have that same type of experience our methods on how we have that experience is irrelevant it's about us recognizing the importance of what we have here for outdoor recreation in utah and how we are able to enjoy some of the great scenery the ability to escape from the day-to-day doldrums of life, along with reconnecting with the resource. Fantastic. I like the way you put that. I really do. That says it all. Just being a great ambassador. Thank you. It is so important. Again, the trailhead for Thanks. more information. Where do people head? They can follow the map over to our website at ohv.utah.gov. From there, we have all sorts of information relevant from laws and rules to maps to the education page specific for youth writers. Mr. Chris Haller joining us once again with Utah State Parks and Recreation, the OHV program. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. You're more than welcome, and thanks for having me again, Brian. And I hope everyone has a safe and enjoyable next couple weeks experiencing some awesome motorized recreation.
explore the universe from one of Utah's dark sky parks. With more than 14 state park destinations to choose from, your family can gaze at the Milky Way, watch the moon rise, or make a wish during a meteor shower. With the right telescope, you can find nearby planets, tour distant galaxies, or capture the heavens with your own deep space photography. Your adventure begins with a camping reservation and a clear view to the darkened skies. Launch your epic nighttime adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. Put on your helmet, let's go. But mom, when will I be old enough so I don't have to wear my helmet? When will I become invincible just like you? Sweetie, I'm not invincible. I need my helmet too. Anyone can get hurt, no matter how old they are. Be responsible and set an example when you ride. Accidents do happen. Please remember, nobody is invincible. No matter what's bugging you this summer in your garden, the USU Extension Service Integrated Pest Management Program can help you find solutions. From free fact sheets and books to seminars and updated pest advisories, this website will point you in the right direction. To find these and other free resources, stop at extension.usu.edu forward slash pests. I'm Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. We live in an incredible state, and this time of year, my family and I, we love to ride. Unfortunately, we've had too many fatalities this year. And while safety equipment is critical, it's not enough. Remember to always be aware of your surroundings and never ride beyond your capabilities. We wanna make sure that you make it home safe. And never forget, nobody is invincible. Summer has officially begun, and Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. From hiking to camping to shooting, ready for some fishing? Sportsman's Warehouse has all the rods, reels, baits, and nets you need for success. And hunting season will be here before you know it, so bring in your bows for free tune-ups. The best part of all is that at Sportsman's Warehouse, you'll find knowledgeable people who are passionate about what they do, and they will get you just what you need. Sportsman's Warehouse, take it outside. Play safe. Boating accidents happen quickly. You never know when you might end up in the water. Wear your life jacket and have a throwable life preserver on board. Remember, Utah boaters wear it. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by the Utah State Parks Boating Program. Discover the magic within Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. From boating and fishing to hiking, camping, and off-highway vehicle adventures, Utah State Parks offers a wide variety of activities in the great outdoors. An annual State Park Pass opens the gate to year-round adventures at an amazing price. The annual State Park Pass provides day-use access for you and your family for 12 months from date of purchase. In addition, Utah 
Utah State Parks opens the gate to cultural and historical parks where you can learn more about Utah's rich heritage. And don't forget to reserve your favorite campsites year-round with options in teepees, yurts, and hammocks in addition to the standard tent and RV options. Visit the trailhead for more information at stateparks.utah.gov. Ricky, my man. Hey, headed out on the lake, I see. These fish aren't going to catch themselves, am I right? <laughs> Got some brewskis from my broski. No, thank you. That's illegal. What? Come on, aren't you the guy that wrestled the buffalo on Antelope Island? First of all, they're called bison, and I was delivering a breech calf. Wow, come on, man. I'll trade you this six of suds for that life jacket. A real man always wears his life vest. And he never partakes of alcohol while operating a boat. Everyone knows that. Yeah, not, not everybody does. Everybody knows that. You got me. If you would like a little more from your range experience than standing and shooting holes in paper, come and train with us, taylorgunsmithing.com. Listening to Western Life Radio, a 30-year outdoor and Western lifestyle tradition. Thanks for joining us. May all your days be filled with new adventures. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff.